Hello and welcome to the Fenton Podcast. Um, Paul, you're back. Hello, Paul. Hey. Hello. Hello. Um, not Paul from the phone in. We should mention that. And whilst we're on that, <laughs> Fraser, uh, was it you? Come on. Oh, what, last night? Um, no, it wasn't. And I mean, these people are getting on my territory now because the calls are better than the ones I do. Uh, <laughs> there was a few last night that were right. They were brilliant. <laughs> it was the... Uh, it was ah. Oh, there's so much right <laughs> sorry start... before anyone misquotes me can I clarify brilliant in terms of comedy value not in agreement not in the <laughs> <with> them. <laughs> oh, right before we do this I've just the first thing is Jerome is unbelievably like he's what a man how how did he bite his tongue so much and I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever yeah. seen him give back as much as he did yesterday no, no just like that is. you can't you can't be serious. I'll tell you where the goals are coming from. They're coming from these people. <laughs> they've been it? scoring. It also, was... <laughs> he did... Um, I'm going to go back to one of my little sad things now. He correctly said the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Way. Yeah, as opposed to the person who said, uh, I think you've hit it on the nail there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was oh. good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it was it was amazing. You genuinely couldn't script it. It was... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and, and the... I think I don't know who was the least believable. Um, the the guy that phoned up, I think he was first on and just kept on saying people need to accept what we are, and then didn't seem to accept what we are. <laughs> yeah, that was particularly good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was good. That was interesting. And then it was just like negative. Paul phoned up, and it, he was third caller. That's unusual. Yeah. But I I just don't know. It's just bizarre. I like I like the Ron manager one. He just came on and said, if, you know, oh, isn't it isn't it great? Yeah, we you know in the bath or up down with the sporting life and we got <laughs> done with it. And it was sort of like what? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, football hasn't moved on since the fifties. No, no. And, when, <laughs> and, when, and I'm when... sure he played at that level as well. Oh yeah, yeah one hundred percent. I like it reached a point. Um, the Fence End podcast didn't tweet about the phone in this time <laughs> they have in the past but people tweeted the the pod to ask if it was fraser that's how it was yesterday <laughs> that's where we're at now yeah um yeah. and I, I don't think you could come up with with that sort of material no, no offense to you fraser but it was amazing no, oh no no god they the, it was very impressive i was at a party last night which was really good fun, and then started to speak to someone with a Geordie accent, and I was like, are you a football fan? He was like, yeah. But who do you support? Newcastle. Ah, oh, cool. Cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I turned up to this party, and my wife has, had already warned people there, I'll be in a bad mood, because... <laughs> she knows you very well. Lost. And I turned up, and everyone was like, oh, how was the, how was the match? I was like, that is a brilliant game. Absolutely brilliant game. I loved it. I don't know how we didn't win it, we had the chances. We were creative. James Henry in the second half, the way he, the way he used the wind was breathtaking. I, yeah. I just thought, you know, what a guy. The stuff he was setting up. Um, that shot had gone in. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, ruffles his volley. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not often you come across a goalkeeper who is so outstanding. Yeah. In Ninety minutes. Um, uh, yeah, I just thought he, that's that was the difference, wasn't it? Their keeper, um, because <clears throat> well, their keeper and the fact we started playing <laughs> ninety-two seconds into the game, 
Uh, I don't know what happened there because both managers and the announcement seemed to think it was their number four put it in. Um, one of the call-ins, uh, and it, this sort of makes me think it's not true. <laughs> one of the call-ins said that it was an own goal, and then I got a message from my father-in-law going, oh, I was unfortunate to lose to an own goal. And I was like, yeah, you gloating. Well done, you beat Bolton. <laughs> Um, anyway I really want to come to yours on Christmas Day next year I don't Um, let's see how the marriage gets on (laughs) shall I cut that out always touch and go (laughs) no 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 it's all good Paul's Um, doing a nervous laugh (laughs) yeah he he messaged and said it's unfortunate to concede to an own goal who did score it because I'm not watching it back well the the eye follow seemed to give it to uh, Massinio yeah. But it's difficult to, you know, without half a dozen camera angles, it's difficult to tell. But it it did look potentially like it was Massinho. Well, yeah. without us being 100% sure, should it have even counted? <laughs> Let me ask you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was... well, if a ball goes in the net and nobody's there to see who scored it, it doesn't count. Yeah, so something like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think the, um, the most dangerous... Sunderland looked was in the build-up to that corner Mm. Uh, that was the only time I thought oh no Uh, other than that I thought everything was safe and that includes the goal which actually from where I was it looked like it went straight in but I think I was right behind that contact so you couldn't really see the change of direction Um, yeah yeah, it it was just sloppy defending and right I'm all in all, I'm really positive about the game. I think we're going to go on a great run from it. Brannigan's back. Henry was incredible. Um, we've got those wingers coming back into fitness. Um, the apparently Sykes it was three like at the a back. Different player. Exactly. Uh, and I like. Yeah, let's do our thoughts on on what I've just said, and then we'll spend a separate moment talking about Aji. Um, so did did anyone see anything different? than that was anyone negative after the game no no I I think we were if we're being hypercritical we although we created chances we didn't look massively like scoring you know yes the keeper made some good saves but they weren't you know absolute one-on-ones or we you know we didn't have clear-cut chances they were chances that we kind of created for ourselves by playing reasonably well but I didn't think we looked like a massive goal threat. No, which is worrying. We, we, we're making chances, but we're not we're not looking like we're going to convert an awful lot of them. No, I think there was one moment that they, I think one of their de- defenders sort of dived in front of the ball, um, and it was about two yards out, and it was just like, oh, it's going to be a goal, and then it wasn't. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I sort of agree. You were relying on that. Is someone getting on the end of that, or like Russ's volley, or um, James Henry, was it a shot? I don't know. Um, there was sort of a cross thing that everyone went, what are you doing? Oh, the keeper's mm. struggling with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I sort of agree there um but but in general yeah it was a much better performance than than we'd seen for a couple of weeks certainly you know the the peterborough game and and the burton game yeah a lot to be positive about i think though yeah it's also um, weird going into the game you know you were obviously worried about dennis and having an open end or whatever 
it made no difference whatsoever having that open end because the wind was coming from the other way. It, it, I've not seen a game where it's affected the other way, but right in front of that goal, the wind was playing havoc with it. Yeah, yeah, it was whipping round, and it was obviously something they discussed. And I think we actually managed the weather better. We we had geared more towards it, it just didn't quite pay off. Um, yeah, let's move on to Dan Adji. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, he was playing as a winger, but I thought his link-up play between him, Sykes, and uh, Taylor, I thought the way they worked together was brilliant. Um, and I think... As Adji came off, and um, I thought Carl Robinson was going to kiss him, sort of <laughs> held his face right in front of his own, uh, and sort of, um, yeah, it. There, there's obviously a, a love forming there. Um, yeah, all happy with Adji's performance. Yeah, I think he certainly earned his right to start again, hasn't he? Um, he's certainly got. A, he must have a place in the team in the starting eleven. I'd have thought it'd be hard to drop him now, wouldn't it? But it's one of those when he came off. I was even. I was really disappointed that they took him off, I and mean, I knew it's probably you know wise. The fan in me came out. <laughs> yeah. But no, don't do that. Don't do wise things that uh, I can't see right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like um, Sykes coming it, off, and yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, those timing he, things he that he justified afterwards. Yeah, he kind of annoys me because there seems to be this thing that he's he's amazing and he's not being played and all of that. And that annoys me because if That's not his Carl goal, Robinson is, is anything, he's proved that he knows how to deal with youngsters and get the best out with them. You know, there needs to be an element of trust there. He He's not somebody who doesn't play youth. Paul, you can't expect fans to just right, respect the, the manager and use logic. You just can't. <laughs> Welcome to football. Um, yeah, I, like well, the situation you know, the annoys you. The manager knows everything. The situation annoys you, not Dan Adji annoys you. Yeah. I just want to clarify oh, no, that. Oh, no, no, not yeah. him. Uh, thanks for but... bringing back that, the manager knows everything thing. And as soon as, yeah. as, soon as he said it, in that interview, so anyone who missed the Carl Robinson interview, it, um, it was oh, Nick, I know what you're say. Uh, it was Nathan, wasn't it, interviewing him, um, yeah. said about, oh, people are saying this, um, and Carl Robinson said, yeah, I know everything, and oh. what he meant was, I know everything people are saying, <laughs> but yeah. it, it, like, it, you just knew that people would pounce on it, and yeah. then as soon as they went, we've got Paul on the line here, it was like that, it's going to be you, <laughs> isn't it? It's going to be you. You're right. It was one of those. As soon as he said it, you just, I just thought, oh, Carl, why have you said that? No, please. Because you just knew people were instantly loading up Twitter to bang a tweet out about that. They couldn't, oh, they couldn't wait for this because, oh, he claims he knows everything. Well, what about this? And what about that? And, oh, for God's sake, stop taking everything out of context and taking everything out literally that he's saying. That isn't what he meant, is it? You know, you it was sort of amazing. Like, yeah. honestly, I've not... <clears throat> in terms of great losses, this game was not one of them. Like, but I, I really wasn't negative on the way home. No, um, I, it, it didn't feel like a loss at all. It was, it but was the so phone in helped. From that. Oh, it did, yeah. <laughs> they tried to bring us back down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, uh, so, yesterday... I didn't notice much of a difference between where Moose was playing and where Gorin has been playing. Um, he was a touch deeper, but apparently that was three in the back instead of um, 
the sort of defensive midfielder just in front. But Gorin does tend to step back into that back line quite a lot, doesn't he? Mm. I'm not making that up. No, no, I think <laughs> all of our, like Liam Kelly, when he's played there, uh, has been often picking the ball up behind the centre-halves, you know, playing very deep. So I think it's it's that that's sort of, the, the, if you see the heat maps, I would imagine, yeah, that, that deep line centre midfielder is going to be playing pretty much where where Massino played Jesse, where Gorin's played, yeah, very deep. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, he's a great I, job, I, like you'd expect. Mm. I think the problem is Gorin is exceptional at what he does. He, the amount of ground he covers, the things he does that you don't notice, you know, it, it just makes us, it gives us a foundation to go forward. I think we missed that a bit. Yesterday. Yeah, I, I think at those times when... Gorin's playing well or Brannigan's playing well, as we've seen in the last two games, that's when you see how much we've missed them. Um, and we'll we'll see that when Gorin's back, obviously. I think, unfortunately, yesterday was probably the perfect game for Gorin. The ref didn't want to book anyone. Yeah. There were several times he should have booked players. Both sides should have had several bookings. And then he just decides, no, this one for Brannigan, I will book. It was a clear booking. I'm not saying it wasn't, but he let clear bookings go up until that point. And then even yeah, after that, was... that, he was letting yeah. clear bookings go. He's warned the keeper twice, not to time waste. And then he warns him again and he points at his watch and he goes, I'm going to add it on. And we can't believe you because you didn't in the first half. And they were rolling it on like that guy that just sat on the ball or whatever for four or five minutes. And then he adds five minutes on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't let them get to me. That's the important thing. I mean, the goal, the goal <laughs> kick thing was the worst bit, wasn't it? With Taylor, that was what? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the, moved the out kick. the way. Yeah. The guy, and, uh, all I can think is the rest turned around, saw a crap kick, and gone. Oh, he must have done something. But you're not allowed to do that. Look at the linesman. Yeah. Like, um. Oh, it was just shocking. It, he was dreadful. Yeah. Um. It was. It, Probably, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was annoyed because his hair was wet. What, <laughs> what a petty, bold joke that was. Liam's <laughs> sticking it else. in this morning, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I so anyway. Say, the only thing he did right was when Brannigan and Maguire got together. The way he handled that was really good. Standing in between them, telling them both just to stop. And that was good. That's he looked like he might be a decent ref then, but then uh, yeah. showed why he shouldn't be at this level. Yeah, yeah Maguire sort of dictated the pace of, of sort of Sunderland quite well. And then, uh, I don't know, he sort of has that <laughs> tussle and then he gets booed a bit and a bit of stuff. And then he gets substituted and runs off the pitch and applauds the fans and stuff. And it's like, oh, I just, I just love him. <laughs> Do you know, it was, it was really funny because... Where I sit, up at the back of the East stand, he was getting some abuse throughout the game for things he was doing, and he was getting quite a lot of anger. And then, yeah, like you say, as soon as he was subbed off, it was like a returning king. It was like all these applause <laughs> went up, and go on, Mags, yeah, you should have been back here, king, yeah, love it, seven in a row. What's going on? What? I, mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I love him as well, but uh, like five seconds ago, mate, you, you, you couldn't have hated anyone more than this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so, what what sort of industry do they have up in the northeast? Setting you up here, Fraser. Um, well, you know, if they go out to sea a bit, there are um, oil drilling facilities, usually known as rigs. Which brings us nicely onto our new feature. 
That, that was seamless. If you edit that well, it Fraser, was. It was that'd be amazing. <laughs> We're going to do one of those amazing. every week now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've decided to add a feature in. We haven't had features since what grinds Matt's <laughs> gears. This is amazing. Um, yeah. And it's called Where Are They Now? Obviously, where we're about to play Wimbledon, um, we'll, we'll bring up my joke later on. Um, we will uh, basically discuss a, a former player, I, ideally a played for both or had some sort of significance for both, um, and see where they are now. So, Simon, you are our, we- re- <laughs> Simon, <laughs> you are our research expert. Um, tell us about the former Oxford United and Wimbledon player, Sean Rigg. Where is he now? Where is he now? He's, he's running a tattoo parlour um, in, I think it's down in Stroud. And uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was, we we mooted doing this, and it was like, oh, who's played for both of you? But you're right. You need to find something that's a little bit more interesting than Jamie Mack has played for both. And it's it's a tricky one because it's like, do you look at Wimbledon? Do you look at MK Dons? Or do you look at AFC Wimbledon? And it was obviously we we, we went with Sean Rigg. But yeah, he apparently he was he was into his tattooing when he was with us, and and apparently practiced on Lewis Haldane. <laughs> just think, yeah. I mean, Lewis Haldane always struck me as somebody who was not. Fane's a little bit of an offensive to. He, he liked, you know, he, he liked a sunbed, you know, and he was obviously kind of, you know, very particular about how he looked. You know, he always looked like, you know. And then you kind of go, yeah, you. I, somebody says, oh, I'm practicing to be a, a tattooist. Oh, you can have a go on me. <laughs> Whoa, that's that's brave. But uh, that's somebody who doesn't the, know it's permanent, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was just sort of like crikey. Yeah. So so yeah, he apparently he I doing a, this bit of research. It was interesting. New he went ended up sort of fight, finished his his pro days down at Newport, and they had that FA Cup replay against Spurs at Wembley when when Spurs were were playing at Wembley. And he left Newport two days before that by mutual consent to, to, to concentrate on the tattoos. You think with a game like that coming up, you, I'll, I'll leave it till next week. You know, you wouldn't want to go miss out on a, on a chance of playing at Wembley. No, but, get your uh, yeah. get your business printed on a yeah. vest. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. go for go every chance you have. But uh, yeah, some of the tattoos, I mean, I'm, I'm not somebody who has tattoos, <clears> but I, I quite like some of them. And, but some of them are, are absolutely spectacular. Yeah. If you check out his, um, there's a kind of Instagram page. There's some absolutely stunning ones on there. There's a gorilla smoking a pipe, which sounds a bit odd, but actually is unbelievably detailed. So he's he's oh. clearly a very talented guy. Oh. And, and and Mark Crichton as well owns a tattoo place mm. and a hairdresser. So it's it must be a hairdresser. Sorry, a hair, beast. Yeah. beast <laughs> with his spectacular hairstyle. Yeah. Um, like nothing, nothing against Beast, but there's not much to play with up there, is there? <laughs> it's, it's, no. Very true. Very um, true. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. not not very bouffant, is he? No. He's, that's that's to be. Um, but no, I don't yeah, think so... I don't think he knows what I look like, so I can say I can say <laughs> that, can I? You don't need to cut that out, do you, Fraser? I don't know. Well, you know, let's have a think about it <laughs> for your um, safety. I mean, be it, the thing is with Crichton, he was probably the best centre back we've ever had. So you know. Does that even it up? <laughs> there we go. I'm safe now. All's good. Um, yeah. Sean Rigg was an interesting player. He was one of those that I never really... You know, some wingers, when they get the ball, you think something can happen here. I never really felt that with Sean Rigg. And most of the time, I was proven right. But every so often, he'd do something spectacular. And it was just like, where's that been? Yeah. I don't get it. Um, and I was always, I always felt he played better against us than when he played for us. 
Yeah, he did. But when you when you those few years you saw him in the Wimbledon lineup against us, you just yeah. sort of thought, oh, he's going to do something today, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go back uh, a step to you said about who do we who do we pick in terms of which Wimbledon do we go from? Mm. Um, they have there's this whole Kingstonian ground thing that I don't really fully understand. They've basically dicked over Kinstonian, haven't they? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It, it's that again. Is it, obviously the way that the original Wimbledon were treated and 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 how they ended up being MK Dons and and the the rise of AFC Wimbledon. I think you know up until the point where the the ground issue with Kingstonian happened. I think most people felt an awful lot of sympathy for for Wimbledon and how the, you know the whole franchise issue and and clubs being you know open to the vagaries of, of an owner wanting to go somewhere different and I think in all of what's happened with Wimbledon and, and this week again it's kind of it's it's come up, up again in the news with them raising about five million with a bond issue because they they wanted to retain the fan ownership of the club you know they they there was an offer of quite a lot of money to 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 sort of make up the shortfall because I think the, the stadium uh, costs of overrunning it they're looking at about 30 million now for a 9,000 seat stadium which you know you kind of think if we're looking at a new stadium we want bigger than that obviously we're not in southwest London but Oxfordshire prices are, are high but yeah they they when they uh they went to Kingstonian Kings Meadow uh, at the time Kingstonian their their owner had, had taken over Kingstonian when they were struggling financially took over the club and the ground the lease was owned um, by the club, he split those two up and sold the lease to AFC Wimbledon. And sort of since then, Kingstonian have, have struggled. They're now ground sharing uh, with Corinthian Casuals, and and it's kind of that they're, they're a bit the the kind of the forgotten part of all this. That you know Wimbledon took over their ground from them, and and now Chelsea are taking it over. And it's just a bit. It's it's I I, I you know nothing's illegal in what's been done but there are sort of certain things you look at as a as a football fan and think that's a you know Chelsea are one of the richest clubs the owners rich all of this sort of stuff do they really need to be taking over suburbs that have already got a you know football club why can't why can't Kingstonian carry on playing there especially especially like with with what happened to Wimbledon you would think they're going no we're not going to let that happen again yeah yeah um, yeah, it's 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 an odd one that you you would think they'd have a little bit more, like you say, sympathy and and empathy for what what's happening to Kingstonian. Yeah. Which I think I think yeah, it's um, of hypocrisy. Yeah, you, yeah, and it's it's not like Kingstonian, you know, Kingstonian were are an older club than either Chelsea or Wimbledon. You know, whichever Wimbledon you, you you're thinking of, you know, the original Wimbledon. You know, they predate them. They're they're a, you know an historic club. With with a lot of history and they're they're you know they're at the bottom of the food chain in in terms of sort of where where professional football sort of ends and, and amateurs come in and it's you know you're paying to play when they're trying to run a business and and you know be, become more successful as a club that you know a, a team like Wimbledon higher up the food chain and Chelsea way at the top of that are just you know able to to do stuff that that means that Kingstonian can't play in their, their, their natural home, their, their historic home. I think the the thing that gets me with, with Wimbledon, um, and we'll see it a lot in the next few days, is 
you've got I I think you said a moment ago so many people have sort of a soft spot for Wimbledon because of what happened to them yeah but then you play against them and if you look at everyone who's played them in the last however long they've been formed so not many championship clubs not many um Premier League clubs but League One, League Two, Conference, and and so on, all go. I hate them. I hate them. They um they they think they're bigger than they are. I mean that's you, you've got exactly the same case yesterday yesterday against Sunderland where they think they're bigger than they are. But yeah. they think they're bigger than they are. They think that it, that they've got this divine right to have things. They think they're better than other teams because oh our our fans are still our press officers or whatever, and oh they don't get paid. How does that make you better? I don't understand. Yeah. And you you've got this the world is against us attitude where you're so annoyed because our manager had a job once somewhere you don't like well grow up and stop being such a petty pathetic club with petty pathetic fans but how is the world against them i mean in recent years the feeling i mean for me and i think for most fans has just become a dislike of the sort of setup that MK Dons are and how they came about. But sympathy for Wimbledon, for me, is mostly gone, to be honest. I mean, it's you're back yeah. now. You're in, you're in the third tier of English football. OK, you've got ground problems. Tell us about it. <laughs> you know, yeah. You, you, it's, it's, you have the same problems that every other football club at this level has now. It's not... You're not, you're not like the... You're not the victim anymore. It's, it's, it's done, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah, yeah it, you're you're where it's it's an old adage, isn't it? You know, you're, you're where you deserve to be, and they deserve to be a third division football club. Yeah. They, they've they've done well, they've got promoted, but oh, they're achieving right, yeah, to come... leave, leave that victim mentality behind and, and sort of now go on to the next stage. Yeah. You know, go you know be be if you want to be a fan owned club and and spout all the wonderful things about that, which there are, you know, I'm not not decrying that, and I think it's you know the fundraising that they've done with this bond to to finance the new stadium is is possibly a, a route that that many football clubs could go and, and certainly in germany it's 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 one of the things that they do with fan ownership but yeah but, but then you've also got to have a, a certain amount of respect for other football clubs and how they're run and you know don't don't screw them over yeah, yeah absolutely and, and i think that's that's I what annoys like... me most about them go on i don't like the way that they deal with Milton Keynes either. I can understand, you know, that there is no like love for them. I get that. But the way they've gone about it, not naming them they not do a program or they did a program but didn't, didn't or mention them yet. or something like that. That is just as you said earlier, petty and sympathy goes you know, because when you start being petty, you lose sympathy for someone. If they, um, yeah, I mean, I, I know where you come. You know, I know where you. I see where you're coming from, Paul. But I, I do sympathise with that slightly. I would hate a club to our club to move sixty miles away, and they take part of our name with them, and then they come back. To be honest, I would do the same thing. I was like, you aren't Oxford, you know. It's I, I do get that to a certain extent. To be honest, that I understand their animosity towards MK Dons, but because if our club, if that happened to our club, we'd be distraught about it. If you know, because it wouldn't be our club, would it really? If it was moved that far away, and I think if they were just called Milton Keynes Football Club, I could even accept it more. But it's the Dons part. So, well, you aren't Dons. 
the fans well, they're, they're moves afoot to sort of the fans uh, yeah sort of edge back on that MK Dons the Dons element of the, of the name just call yourself Milton Keynes Football Club it's yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> I don't agree with that at all Sorry, right. I don't agree with the Dons bit at all but oh okay the right the point yeah, is yeah, you know yeah, the yeah. fans can feel like that I don't I don't feel that the club should be acting that way there's a professionalism that needs to be there mm. well, yeah, that's, okay, that's yeah, exactly that the problem that with point. with people still being volunteers at quite a high level there isn't it they're run by too many fans and I've, I've said so many t- times that the problem with Robinson in interviews after games even though he knows everything is that he <laughs> speaks like a fan he doesn't speak like a manager and there you know you can argue that oh that's passion that's fine but you're a person doing a job so you know <laughs> stick with what you can do yeah um They've got too many fans running the club, so it's been run it, it, not in a professional way. Almost, yeah, based on emotion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, and that sort of annoys me. I think the, one of the main annoyances for me is I did have a soft spot for them for so long. And yeah, then just sort of seeing the, the abuse they've given Robinson yeah. the last few times we played, you think you, you are all professional people be professional when when we play down the a420 or vice versa the fans have an absolute field day there are niggly challenges going in left right and center but you still expect the managers to shake hands after the game yeah even though there's that rivalry and even though they play on it all the time i'm sure that there was some sort of horrible thing that happened to um Carl Robinson at their ground this season. I can't remember what it was though. I, I I'm not sure. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Some abuse from a coach. Uh, was it a coach refused to shake his hand or something? That was at the Kassam last season, I think. Yeah. Is that, it's that sort of thing. Because he was the MK manager. You know, I mean, that yeah, absolutely. Well, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like the, the, the man was employed by a, 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 a by a company. Okay, what's the problem? Yeah, he's a Liverpool fan. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he didn't have any affiliation with them, but he he was a coach. He got offered a management job. Honestly, if you're a football fan, if he was offered it by Everton, he'd probably have said no, but not definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like if any of us were offered a management job in football, would we take it? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd be rubbish at it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's my. I, I had a soft spot for them, but they've just shown themselves in, in that way. And it's a minority. It's always a minority. Yeah. We've got a minority as well that that it sort of show us in in light that I'm not overly happy about. But that is football, uh, unfortunately. So uh, any if you're a Wimbledon fan and you're listening. I, I don't know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> not many Oxford fans do, if I'm honest. Um, if yeah, one of them contacts us now to do yeah. like a link-up thing, should we just be like, don't listen to the latest one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention the forthcoming game, actually. So, yeah, yeah. don't don't take any no notice point. of that. Um, no, like, I, I am aware it's a minority, but I'm just, I'm fairly bored of it, the whole victim thing, yeah. as, as mentioned earlier. Um, other than that, there's a game of football to have in the middle of it. Uh, should the weather have cleared up by then? I think so. Um, Let's hope so. Yeah. Because uh, um, although, you know, even the even the weather warnings are yellow, things didn't go our way yesterday. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so hopefully that'll have cleared up. 
Um, uh, are people going to it, or are they doing the I follow thing? Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'm going. Yeah. I should be there. Yeah. Cool. Brave um, people. Yeah, it's um. I don't know what to think about this game. I, well, I know it's, that's complete rubbish. I know exactly what I think about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Make your mind up. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I know. I'm like, a, I'm like, I'm right on the fence here, aren't I? As we on said. the fence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's. Um, I'm not going to use that expression, Liam, because you'll hate me. But I think. Uh, right, if you if you say it, if you say it, the pod's over. <laughs> no, go on, say the words, say the words. I well, no, because I don't. I'm not going to say it's a must-win game, but but <laughs> if we if don't I'm win it, we're, if I'm we're lining done. up, if I'm lining up all of our remaining fixtures, it's one I'm earmarking for us to win. That's how that's how I'll phrase that. <laughs> um, I think we need. I think we should be look definitely looking at winning this game. Um, they're, they're still... Are they 20th or 19th? Yeah, 20th. Something like that. Uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, if if we're looking for a playoff push, this is what we need to be winning. This is... Yeah, and and I think we... I actually think we're, we're going to win it quite comfortably. Is that too brave? No, go for it. Go for it. Give I'm us a gonna score. I'm going to say 3-0. Ooh, I like it. Who's scoring? Um... They're all going to be goals by Eastwood in the last minute when he's when we comes up for corners. Yeah, even though it's no no, it's brave. Yeah. It's a brave even, choice. Yeah, even when it's two 0 we're going to bang him up there again. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I think I think Adji's going to find one. Um, nice. He was knocking on the door the other day, wasn't he? Uh, and oh, Taylor Taylor. Wow, soldier spy didn't really work. <laughs> uh, Paul, what do you think? Um, I agree with Fraser. It's a must-win game. Um, oh, he's just gone there. Sake. I was trying to be political about <laughs> I, I it. He's three, just. You reckon three-one? Well, can I just can yeah. I just say? I mean, this was very off podcast because it was just before the game yesterday. You went, oh, we're going to win five-one. They're going to get a consolation goal in the last minute. Um, by one of their defenders, but we we're going to be five nil up until then. Was that in and reference then, to the Sunderland game? Yeah. Okay. And then he he also said. Um, well, the first the first twenty minutes or so, we're just going to be sizing each other up and like seeing what the what the weather's doing. Ninety <laughs> seconds later, <laughs> so, uh, well, good shout, Paul. Well done. Uh, yeah. It's like five one still on though. Well, it's not anymore, <laughs> is it? Um, but three one, I'd happily take that. Simon, what do you think? Yeah, I, 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 it's not a game that we have to win. You know, the world's not going to end if we don't win it. But I think if we if we want playoff as if we've got to play ourselves their playoff aspirations then it's yeah we we really need to don't we so yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna go two nil brannigan with two yeah yeah i like it um i am gonna go four nil i'm gonna be even more optimistic um um and i'm gonna say adri will score two uh ruffs will score and moose wow that's it. I wasn't even expecting to say moose then, but it just came out. <laughs> so um, yes, uh, let's let's see what happens there. I think I understand the whole must-win thing. Um, I get that, but it, it is that in if if you look at must-win games from the 15-16 season, out of the seven or eight people called must-win games, I think we probably won two of them. It, it's it's just not how it works. Um, yeah. Having said that, I think if you look at the form Ipswich have been on, I know they won yesterday, but the form Ipswich have been on, we've got 
Wimbledon, Ipswich, Accrington and then South End. I see no reason we can't be getting 10 or 12 points from uh, between now and the end of the month. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if we absolutely. if we can do that, I just think, oh, we're eight points off the playoffs now. Yeah, with a game in hand uh, or two <laughs> or or three on one team or, or something like that, isn't it? Like we've got a few games in hand on, it's on people. It's three on Peterborough, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, then yeah, I think, we're also. Yeah, it's odd, you, you sort of look at the Peterborough thing. They're ten points clear if we win the games in hand. I'm not saying we are. We, are, we could be a point behind Peterborough. Yeah. If we win our games in hand, and those, like you say, those games in hand that we've got are against teams that we really ought to be beating, or we should we should be beating. Yeah. It's it's still very very sort of possible. Yeah. I By the end of the month, this. it could be down to two or three points. Mm. I could. Re- I can remember speaking to a Portsmouth fan, like. A month or two ago and looking at them in the table and them saying they've got games in hand you know and we're in exactly that position now yeah look what Portsmouth have done they weren't playing well yeah I think if you if you want to hear some proper positivity and a realistic view from someone who's watched Oxford for years that phone in with Jerome Jerome was speaking so much sense yeah it, it is difficult to go on a run but it, can anyone give a reason that wouldn't happen? You look at the end of last season and the season before, I think. There was a decent run, wasn't there? Yeah. It, like, um, th- the team we've got right now is far better than those two teams. Ah, but we've sold two people. Oh, yes, we have. So let's all bin our season tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, sort of baffling, really. Um, as always, hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Hi, Rufy Roo. Hi, Tim. Um, and yeah, hi everyone out there who's who's listened to a lot of stuff. Like uh, some of it well, was related to football. True. Talk. Actually, I, I have a, 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 a any other business um, with with Shane. Hi Shane, who listens. And hi, in the in the last podcast, apparently we made reference to pundits um, sort of criticising or, or saying how managers should do stuff. And I think mention of Stevie Kinnera and and how. You know, his criticism of, of Carl Robinson, but, you know, it's why don't pundits manage? You know, he's not managed. Apparently he managed Corby Town for a while. So oh. Stevie Kinneborough had had tried to uh, do the management route. So and, just a, and how just did a, it go? Shane pointed out, I've no idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a thing now about well, Gary no Neville. manager. <laughs> yeah. When, when Gary Neville <laughs> yeah. does things and criticises managers now, you do look and yeah. go, really? Yeah. Really, yeah. mate? <laughs> You're going to... Okay, okay. Let's leave that there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually really admire the fact that that um, Kinneborough then said, actually, respect to Carl Robinson, he's done this. Yeah. Um, but it's a general dislike of pundits doing that. Um, mm. Especially, yeah, it's some... I, I know he's going to become the presenter, but Jermaine Genus um, and and Danny Murphy, I just think you are. Firstly, you're doing this in a very boring way, <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, I I just don't know where we are meant to believe you've got this tactical know-how from. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, which I, I, I'm sat here as an Oxford fan doing an Oxford podcast. <laughs> <laughs> where we're talking. Yeah. Absolutely no clue what's going on. <laughs> Yeah. There's another thing about ex-players who who are pundits who sound like they'd rather be doing something else. You know, there's, there's this sort of they're trying to be funny in a sort of Jack D miserable sort of way, and it just doesn't work. And you're thinking, hang on, you're 
you're an ex-pro. You've you've had a great career and a great life playing football. You're now being asked to talk about football, and all you can do is yeah, well, that's rubbish, isn't it? And yeah. it just seems yeah. like hang on, there's so many fans who'd love to do what you do and would try and see the positive and try you know and actually sound like they're enjoying it. Yeah. And and it's I don't know, it's it's that kind of you know every. It's not cool to to sound enthusiastic about something. You know, we've all got to be you know dry and and sort of yeah. cynical about stuff. And it's like no, football should be joyful. If you if you ever haven't uh, have a listen to after this, have a listen to the um, Peter Crouch podcast. It's it's really entertaining. It's really good and it, and it's so refreshing because it's exactly what you're saying, Simon. He he um he keeps saying this thing about. I, being a footballer was everything you imagine. He was like, it was great. It was you paid a lot of money to do something you absolutely love, and a lot of ex-footballers now seem to, um, like you say, be those sort of pundits that seem a bit bored to be there. And uh, mm. but he gets on this thing about I don't understand why some of them seem to hate the game now or are really down on it when you know being a footballer. Don't don't let them lie to you. It's 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 amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, Peter, I, I will have a listen to that. I, Peter Crouch is just one of those sort of guys that everybody likes. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah, Twitter do, as well. Do go I'll and do watch it. that or listen to yeah. that. But also, everyone, everyone listening who's just had that recommendation, listen to ours as well. Don't replace yeah. us. No, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We'll know, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when he starts personally responding to Tim, we've just like at that point we've lost him, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that was day. that was talking about personally responding another peter crouch thing which i'm sure people will have seen where um somebody uh replied to a peter crouch tweet about oh yeah no i listened to your thing i've been on a course it's really good and somebody replied saying oh yeah don't expect peter crouch to say oh thanks for listening it's really kind of you and peter crouch basically quoted back this person with exactly what <laughs> yeah, they said that, he yeah. wouldn't say <laughs> brilliant um Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I will have a listen to that. Um, and right, so what we'll do is we'll um, we'll watch the game against Wimbledon. We'll do another pod and we will review the game and preview Ipswich, mm. which uh, is really exciting. I can remember playing them back in the 90s. Um, and yeah, a very big club. So looking forward to that one. Um, in the meantime... Thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, and uh, for everyone, anyone who was wondering where it went, uh, how are you getting to the Wimbledon game? Overground or underground?